What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the More Than This podcast. I'm your host, Aubrey Schmidt, and I just wanted to thank y'all for tuning in for episode two. I am so excited to share a conversation with someone I already know and love. We go way back. This week's guest is a sophomore golfer at Southern Nazarene University, but he is so much more than that. Please welcome to the podcast, my brother, Sam Schmidt. Hey, Aubrey, thanks for having me. No problem. Glad to have you. Um, you're my favorite college athlete at the moment, so I thought it would only be fitting to have you on. You know? Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> what we like to hear. <laughs> okay, first off, so we're recording this on a Sunday, so the week after or the day after Saturday football. Let's hear, let's hear your thoughts on the upsets and the, uh, the status of the uh, top ten right now. Uh, I think Alabama and Georgia are the best teams. Yeah. By far. I think they're out coach and out athlete everybody. So that's that. Uh, I think everybody else is a little bit behind. I think, I don't know. I think it's going to be interesting in the Big 12. You never know. It could be Texas, could be OU. That's right. Uh, AM looks a little rough right now. We're going to come up. Kind of tough, but. Hey, maybe we'll get it together. You never know. Maybe they'll have yep. a second wind, as they say. That's right. Okay. Well, let's kind of get into it a little bit. Um, let us know a little bit the basics about Sam Schmidt. My name is Sam Schmidt. As Ben said, I'm uh, 19 years old. Okay. I go to Southern Nazarene University, play golf. Hey, I'm glad you filled us in on that. So mm-hmm. when did you uh, – when did you start golfing? I started golfing when I was 12 years old. Okay. Just kind of just kind of picked it up from watching the Masters and hitting balls around the backyard with my dad in the pasture. So that's that's just kind of how I picked it up and just kind of progressed from there. Yep. Hey, somebody had to use dad's clubs. You know he wasn't going to. That's right. Then things were rested up. <laughs> So Sam would take my dad's clubs out to the pasture and just smoke balls out into the horse pasture. And we like, we would never find those things. <laughs> never. <laughs> Our grandma used to go to garage sales and just get in buckets of balls to. Oh yeah. Just hit in the pasture. Oh yeah. Good stuff right there. That's probably why our lawnmowers are toes. No kidding. So why did you, you played a lot of sports. So kind of fill us in on that. What did, what did you play in high school and kind of growing up? Uh, well, growing up, I played everything, baseball, basketball, football. I love – I liked football a lot. Uh, played a year of basketball in high school. Played a year of football in high school. But it just kind of wasn't real, wasn't real big or anything, so just kind of stuck with golf, and I really found a love for it and just pursued that, and it got me to where I'm at. That's awesome. So why do you think – like, what about golf? You said, like – so Sam and I were both really small in high school, so we kind of drifted towards sports that size wasn't a big issue. Right. But um, but now we are not small; we have overcome that. So, uh, but why did you why did you choose golf other than that small small little issue right there? Uh, it was just kind of like going out to play on the golf course. You kind of just go out by yourself and just kind of get away from everybody, everything that's going on, and just kind of be by yourself and enjoy. Uh, just the stuff God's given us. Just I don't know. It's just beautiful out on the golf course, and I really enjoy that. No doubt. What's your favorite course you've ever played? 
Oof. Um, I'd probably say Karsten Creek and Stillwater. Or, um, shoot, I'm trying to think what else. Or uh, Blue Jack National in Montgomery, Texas. Yeah, Tiger Woods' course. Yep, Tiger's course. Those are two good ones. That's a good one. That one is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think is – do you think Carson's the hardest course you've ever played? I'd say Karsten Creek or uh, La Toretta. It's a course in Montgomery as well. We used to play for regionals. It was it was a rough one. <laughs> I remember that. You'd just be so mad every time you did I know. I know. <laughs> okay, so how do you think uh, playing multiple sports help you with golf? Like what is what do you think the benefits are to being a multi-sport athlete? Uh, I'd say just mental toughness is a big one. Just learn how to compete against other people. Um, and just also staying in good shape. Uh, people don't realize how much like being in shape and strength and fitness, all that is, how it helps so much in golf too. They don't realize how big that is. Uh, stretching, working out, uh, nutrition, all that kind of sets into golf as well. Not just those other uh, physical activities like football and basketball. Right. I think people, when they think about golf, they think about just going to the golf course and you know, doing whatever you want all day and like how, how much of a paradise it is. But mm-hmm. I mean, like, if you're a real athlete and you're really working on it, like you love being out there because obviously that's why you chose it. But I mean, I've just watched you work so hard this summer and like just the kind of the time you put in his transition from going out and really just like enjoying being out there to like, it's your job. And like, this is what you focus on now, you know? Right. Exactly. You got to find a balance between. Right. Kind of talk about like the light, like this summer, like I said, like your mindset shift has changed completely. I feel like on a work ethic scale, like since we're on this topic, just talk about kind of what, what fueled that? Um, I don't know. Just the, the fact that I want to be, I want to be great in the sport. I want to be really good. And I want to reach my potential because I feel like I have a, a high ceiling for the game of golf. And I know that I'm, I'm not really where I want to be right now, but I can like see like what's ahead. And then I, I feel like I can reach that eventually. So just, I want to put in that work and I truly do. I mean, I love the game. It's, it's so much fun. And I just kind of, I just want to keep working at it. Yeah. I think like, it's not like you didn't work hard before, but I think this summer truly like you can attest to like how much more time you were putting in. Right. Exactly. Just finding ways to finding ways and habits and just things that make you put more time into it, like the right way. Right. Like not like you don't have to be at the course for six hours, you know, go for two three hours and really just focus on what you need to get done. Right. Kind of talk about your schedule a little bit, like a day in your life. I had our previous guest do this and it was really cool. I just kind of want to like compare a little bit. Uh, what on which time, like summer or would you say like right now? I would say like right now. Uh, right now it's just, I get to the golf course around like one o'clock and then our practice is only it's mandatory from like two to four. So we'll probably practice like two or three times a week uh, from two to four, but I'll go from like one to probably six mm-hmm. and, you know, I'll just get there, work on putting, usually putt a lot because putter's been struggling. Uh, <laughs> but then I'll, then I'll go out and hit balls, really try to focus on that. I'll probably only hit for like an hour yeah. working on the technique uh, and then I'll come back, chip, putt just kind of work on things that I need to work on, you know, and then I might go play later on in the day. And then on the other days that we don't have mandatory practice from two to four, we'll go play around. And that usually 
you know, that usually takes around five hours. So yeah, very, very time consuming. And there's always something yeah. to work on. Like we talked about this. This is our second time doing this interview because we had we had a few mishaps the first time, but um, technical difficulties. Technical difficulties. But we talked about, or I said the first time, it like golf is kind of like a, like a wagon. Like you fix one thing and then another wheel falls off. Like you put one oh, wheel yeah. on, another wheel falls off. That's exactly right. That's just how it seems to me. It just frustrates me so bad. I've been working mm-hmm. on my game this summer, but I think I might have. <laughs> I might, have might, have to, might have to retire. <laughs> I might have to. I have to hang it up till next summer. That's what I was thinking. Um, okay, so let's kind of talk about our family a little bit. We, for those of you that don't know, like our parents were both collegiate coaches, collegiate strength coaches. And um, so we've grown up around the world of sports our whole entire lives. And we've been very blessed by that. But I think it's kind of glamorized a lot, would you say? Like, what do you mean? Like to us, it's just like our parents' jobs and people. It's like almost as if that job isn't hard. Does that make sense? Yep. So did you ever um, feel pressured into athletics because of our family's background? No, I think it was just kind of something we grew up doing and enjoyed a lot, you know, just competing. And, Mm -hmm. you know, mom wouldn't let us have video games, so we had to have something to do. (laughs) So we just go out and play, you know. Yeah, we were always playing something, but yeah, Sam bought his first Xbox himself last, was it last year? Yeah, last year. So funny. So how do you think, like kind of going off of that, how did, how has growing up around college athletics impacted your life and your habits? I think it showed like the right way to, uh, right way to like practice and perform just day by day, seeing the great athletes that we've been around. Yeah. obviously just showing kind of the right, right way to do it. If you want to be, if you want to compete at a high level. All right. Okay. So here's a question. Who do you think is the athlete that like portrayed, portrayed that the most to you? Like, who, cause I, uh, I think back on like some of dad's athletes and some of moms that like really showed me how to be a good person and a good, like a hard worker. Who do you, who, who pops up in your mind? Well, I don't know. Like, sports wise would definitely be Baker Mayfield just how I think his story is so cool of how you know he was smaller um kind of I'm sure he went through a lot of you know people telling him he couldn't and just he he walked on at Tech played a little bit got injured walked on at OU nobody knew who the guy was you know starting behind uh Trevor Knight and then he comes in takes his job over and just kind of has like a some kind of like fight and just the mental toughness to just keep working and just he believed in himself and then eventually made everybody else believers as well. Right. Do you remember when he first transferred to OU and dad would come home and be like, y'all just wait. There's this guy yeah. looking at him, but y'all just wait. He's going to be so good. Oh, yeah. sure yeah. enough, like a season and a half later, we were like, who the heck is this guy? I know. It's crazy. I was watching an old game the other day and it was uh, when Trevor Knight was playing when Michael Honeycutt missed that field goal against K-State. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Baker <laughs> went out to – Trevor uh Erda, yeah, it was Trevor Knight on the field and was dapping him up and stuff. He had his jersey on. It was when he had the red shirt. I love that. Remember when he had his long hair, long curly hair? Yes, I totally forgot about that. Man, he was he's always just been like I mean, I know that he's had his stuff off the field too, you know, but right. like just always to us and to our family, he's been so good to us, you know. Right. Great same guy. thing. Joe Mixon, same. He worked so hard. I mean, I know he got in a lot of trouble early, but just I mean, to us, he was a great dude. You know, he always treated us good. 
I just remember coming in the indoor and he would throw you. Were you, was that when you were like going through your quarterback phase? Yeah. I tried, I tried to throw him routes and stuff. Yeah. And he would, he ran so many routes for you all the time. I know. He's a good dude. He's awesome. But and yeah. That, and I see his, all his work's paying off as well. He's such a hard worker. Yep. He's awesome. I was going to say Baker too, though, because I just remember like coming up and seeing dad in the summer and dad would just be like, like Baker would just be sitting in there. And I was like, what's he doing here? He's like, he runs with every group. Like that's right. That he literally sits up there and runs with every group, you know? Yeah. Big time. Gassers and stuff. It's wild. But okay. So I just really want to touch on this because I think it's really, really important for the people to know. I just, I think this is, says a lot about your character because mm-hmm. <laughs> what was your outfit of choice to preschool? Oh, yeah. Football pants. I had football pants for every day of the year or every day of the week. I love what was your what was what do you think was your favorite color? I have mine that was my favorite for you. But what was yours? Yep, the yellow ones are pretty rough. Who bought those? <laughs> oh, no. My grandma. He's not listening to this. <laughs> that was brutal. Those are so funny. And the cleats. Oh, yeah. Had it all. Football pants. You had the pads in the pants. Like, you were ready to yep. go. Had it all. You had to be prepared for that uh, preschool recess. Be serious. That's right. You never knew it was going down. No, never. You had to be prepared for anything. Mm-hmm. Also, the story of you uh, wearing Dusty Dvorak's helmet after the game. Yeah, and then my neck about snapping. They had to go to the hospital the next day. <laughs> yeah, I got the ER because my neck was so locked up. Oh, my gosh. Mom thought you, like, fractured it or something from wearing that helmet. That's crazy. Like, two years old. That's a crazy story. That was one of the best, honestly. That was. That was scary then, but that was so fun. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's get into some other questions. Um, Who has been your greatest mentor in your life and why? Uh, I'd probably just say my dad. Just he's, you know, he's always been there for me, always pushed me to do stuff. Um, Not like made me, forced me to do stuff, but just supported me in whatever I did so i'd say that for sure and just the way he lives is is the way i'd want to live my life so yep that's definitely true he's a good one okay so for the next question um how has the game of golf or what has the game of golf taught you about life i would say just uh you have to work at it every single day and every day when you show up it's not going to be perfect but you just kind of have to keep plugging along you have to keep learning. You have to fail. Failures, you know, that's how you get better is because it shows you your weaknesses. And then from there, you just keep working till, um you can just kind of kind of improve and keep getting better. And the fact that it's, it's never going to be perfect, but you just got to show up every day willing to work. That's good right there. Because you never know what's going to happen day to day. And like exactly. golf course is the exact same way. You got like weather could be. Putting could be off, chipping could be off, but. Right. So when you do hit like those weaknesses or whatever, how do you, how do you get through the lows and the funks? Mm. I just say, you just got to realize it's not the most important thing and just kind of give it all to God and then just keep working on the things you can work at and just keep, just try to work through it, you know, because it's going to be rough patches. So you just got to, the only way to get through is just to put your head down and work. No doubt. No doubt. 
What about, so what do you think your strongest piece of your golf game is? That's a good question. Every time I show up, it's a little bit different. Hey, that means you're a little, you're diverse. Okay. Right. That's right. I don't know if that's a, that's a good thing, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's a good thing. You got to keep people on their toes. That's right. Um, I don't know. Maybe just find a way to get the ball in the hole. Okay. So by that, he means, you know, you could get par by hitting it on the other fairway and then having a great shot. Second shot. The green. Right. <laughs> or you could just go straight to the green. But with you, you just find a way. No matter how you do it, you just find a way. That's right. It just kind of depends on the day. What does it say in Facing the Giants? It ain't got to look pretty. You know what I'm talking about? When the kick yeah, I know what you're talking about. I'm trying to think how it uh, – that's right they just gotta go through the uprights right but the ball has got to go through the middle yeah that's right i love that movie so much how many times do you think we watch that movie in our lives a lot that's a good one great dare i say probably one of the best sports ones for sure so good okay talk about so we're kind of going to backtrack here for a second, but so our, your sophomore year of high school, we moved, we yep. were in Norman or we were in Washington, Oklahoma, going to school there. And then we moved to college station and I went to college and then you started junior year at college station high. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of talk about that transition, how, how did that impact you as a person and also you as a golfer? Uh, I'd say it just really got me into golf, honestly. It's kind of – when I got there, I didn't know a whole lot of people. So the people on my golf team, I just kind of leaned on. We came really close and just – I don't know. I just really found golf and just really started to fall in love with it. And it was kind of my escape from everything, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. You spent- but it was good. It, it taught me a lot. I mean, just – showed me a different way of life basically everything was a lot different than where I came from people were different just the things I was thrown into were different and just kind of just had to find something and stick with it no doubt you were thrown into a lot of different things I mean you went from being a 3a athlete in Oklahoma which is great like nothing is Mm -hmm. better or worse than the other it's just different you know and then you moved to college station and you're it's six is it 5a or 6a uh 5a 5A, huge school. I mean, how many kids did you have in your class at Washington? Um, and my whole class was like probably like 60, 65. 65? And then it was like 600 at College Station High. That's so crazy to me. And that's yeah. not even 6A. Like that's 5A. Right. Exactly. That is wild. So just like meeting people. I mean, your golf team truly became like, I feel like they became your family right away. Just Yeah, they did. Just how much time we spent in or spent like playing and practicing. We just kind of, you know, just crew closer. Yeah, that's awesome. So let us know what your major is in school. Kind of talk about that for a second. Sports management is my major. Not really sure what I want to do, but I've always loved sports and just physical activity. So I think eventually I'll probably do something with that. It's crazy how, uh, you're already a sophomore. I keep thinking like you and Oliver, like I will always see Oliver Sam's roommate and they went to high school together, but I think I will always see y'all as younger than you actually are. Oh yeah. But, it's crazy. 
crazy seeing people graduate in high school and stuff that are we're so much younger, you know. I know, like the group graduating this year, I was like, weren't y'all like in kindergarten when I graduated? I know. It's crazy. Okay, so let's kind of talk about your faith a little bit. Um, you are a Christian and you have been for a really long time. So you found Jesus, or you actually listened to your heart when you were five. Kind of mm-hmm. talk about the consistency in your walk because I have watched you like follow Jesus for a really long time. And it's never been something that anybody has had to force you to do, but you were seriously one of the most consistent people that I've ever met just in the way you handle yourself in the way you treat others and like who you like, what you say you stand for is truly how you live. And I just like kind of discuss the consistency that is like based around that faith and like, how have you always, how have you always been like that? Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't say I've been, you know, perfect, obviously, throughout my faith or whatnot. But, I mean, just accepting him at an early age and really understanding uh, what he did for us. And just that, I mean, that coming from our mom and dad putting us in the situation to learn about him at an early age really helped us. And that's just kind of how we grew up. But then, like, just really finding him personally, I mean, it, it changes your whole life, you know, and the way you live and the way you look at things compared to what non-believers look at. Mm-hmm. And so just trying to live your life for him and just just knowing when you mess up that he's there for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that's just kind of, I don't know, just trying to live day by day uh, following him. Yeah, no doubt. You've always been super hungry and, you know, hungry to learn and ask questions. Um, do you, what's the, like, I feel like some people think that, like, almost like questioning your faith is like a sin, but just talk about the importance of like being willing to ask questions. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I think questioning your faith, it's not a, it's not a bad thing. Um, people think like, you know, if I'm questioning, it doesn't mean I believe it. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I mean, everybody has questions. We're humans. Mm-hmm. And just like, I think like not, you're never going to find those answers out truly, but if you just keep digging and just keep talking to God and keep learning and digging in his word, that it, you know, it's eventually you're going to just keep growing that relationship with him and just keep walking on the path that he wants you to walk on. Mm-hmm. I think if you never, if you never ask the question, like you're never going to grow past it, you know? Right. Right. You just, you can't just overlook it and then expect to, to learn from it. Right. And he wants us to take everything to him, you know, and like yeah. even with the people around us, like the people that we surround ourselves with, I mean, that's, you're supposed to surround yourself with people who can help you grow and like, that's kind of what they're there for is to help you through those times, you know? Right. Exactly right. And I also think that like our understanding of God, like just because of who he is, if we were ever able to fully understand like what he did for us, he wouldn't be big enough. Like it's not humanly possible for us to understand everything he did because that's just not in our mental capacity, you know? So like I feel like asking the questions is – like it's like you said, it's human, you know? Yeah. Right. So kind of transitioning off of that, how do you think Christian school has challenged you in your faith and grown you? Or do you think that it, it would be the same as any other school? No, I think it's really good. Cause I mean, on um, Tuesdays and Thursdays, we have chapel just midway through our day. And I think it's just, just kind of good. Cause it kind of, you know, just get you 
get you right and get you back to what you're what you need to focus your your eyes on and what we fix our eyes on and just kind of takes you out of the the real like the takes you out of the worldly worldly things if that makes sense like just um just helps you focus and fix your eyes on god and on what the true goal is and not just on like getting caught up in things of this world so i think just i don't know i think that yeah no doubt i agree with that that's really good i think you know when you're just going through your days especially in a schedule like yours like you're jam-packed so just kind of having that time to step back and that's really awesome yeah just kind of learn, learn a bit, a little bit about God, you know, just really good. In what ways have you seen your faith play into your sport? Um, just to keep, like I said, keep pursuing it basically. Um, every day is going to be different. It's not all going to be perfect just because you're a Christian or just because you have faith in God, but that if you just keep working and keep growing, um, keep putting effort into it, that you're going to get where you, where you want to be. Yeah, that's really good. You need to like repeat that. Like, because you're a Christian does not mean that everything is going to go good, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. True. And I think, I don't know, we're, we're both kind of going through it right now, but it's like, it's kind of like we're just waiting and waiting and waiting, you know, like waiting for our right. time to come. And it's easy to be like, well, I prayed about it. Well, I've been waiting for so long. I'm doing everything else right off, not per, like, I'm not perfect, but I'm like, I'm trying to do everything else right. Why isn't this paying off for me? But right. I think in God's scheme of things, like his his definition of success is way different than ours. And it may never come the way that we want it to come, you know? It's going to come the way he wants it to. Yep. We just have to hang on for the ride, you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Well, um, so this is a serious question, too, because... I just think that I'm going to sign up for this role, but if you were to ever play the Masters, who would you take as your caddy? I'd probably take a guy named George Dixon. Really? <laughs> I'd either take George Dixon or Aubrey Schmidt because she's had experience in the field. Say, we, didn't, we, didn't, we didn't do too bad back in the day. No, we didn't. And you know what? Tied like, 20th, I think. What'd you say? I think it was like a tied 20th or something up there. It was pretty good. Yeah, it was like, I'm pretty sure we balled out. But George, I mean, I love George. But the yeah. practice, I think, I think I'm definitely more practiced in season than George. That's true. That's very true. And I make better peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. So That's, that's for sure. How many peanut butter and jelly sandwiches do you average per round? Man, at least four. At least. <laughs> at least that. <laughs> you can uh, – you can uh put, you can put them away for sure. That's right. They keep me going. Hey, you got to. It's great. Mm-hmm. Except that one time, y'all. This summer, I went to a tournament with Sam, and we stayed in a hotel. And I just I told him he. What time did you tee off? You teed off early the next morning. Seven forty or something like that. Seven forty-five. Yeah. So you had to get the course at what time? Six forty-five. Okay. breakfast before 6 45 so let's just start there yeah so this dude tells me to go to the grocery store and pick up microwavable chicken and mashed potatoes and i'm not even thinking about it and so i get it and i take it back to the hotel and at 6 15 i hear the microwave kick on and i'm like no way no way 
So tell us about your experience with the with the breakfast of champs. It wasn't good. I think I made a mistake on that for sure. Chick, chicken and mashed potatoes, they don't do good for a round. Once some butterflies hit you a little bit, your stomach starts acting a fool. You're like, is it the butterflies or is it the chicken? Oh, gosh. It was the chicken for sure. Were they speaking to you on the tea box? Yeah, they're. <laughs> it wasn't good. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. Okay, so before I ask the question of the podcast, I'm going to – we kind of opened up with this, but I really just want to hear – like, call it right now. The national championship game, college football, what's what's your hot take? Like, what's the score going to be national championship? Like, who's going to be in it? Who's going to be in it? What's the score? Just call it right now. I'm giving you an opportunity to put your voice out there. Wow, that's tough. Because only, the only trouble is Alabama and Georgia got to play in the SEC championship game. No, so what do you what do you do there? I'm going to say – I'm going to say Alabama gets in as the one seed. Georgia gets in as the four seed. Okay. They win their playoff games. They play each other in the championship game. And Georgia wins 35, 31-28. I like that. I really like that. But I just – I kind of think that they wouldn't put Georgia as the four seed. I think they might switch that. Really? If if they win it or something? Yeah. Like, I think that they might put Bama at the fourth seed and Georgia at the one seed. Why? Just because Alabama won the SEC championship game? Oh, you're saying Alabama would win the SEC championship game? Yes, correct. And then Georgia wins the national championship. Okay, I see. What you, I see where you're going with that. Who who, think, would be, who would be the other two teams in there? That is a great question. I'm gonna say I'll go the University of Texas at number three. Stop. And then, and then who else would be in there? And then Penn State. Penn State at two. Oh, Penn State will be in there for sure. But I cannot believe you just said Texas. Yeah, had to. They, they're going to run the Big 12. I just – I don't know. At this point, I think Okie Light might put the works on Texas. You just – you never know. We'll, we'll just see how it plays out. You, you really do never know. But, I mean, those never. are some pretty bold predictions right there. But I respect them. Yeah, I had to throw something bold in there, so. You had to, or else it wouldn't, it wouldn't even matter that you said it on here if you didn't, you know? That's it. That's exactly right. Okay, so now for the question of the podcast. What do you want to be remembered for more than all of this? I don't know. I'd say just my – and just spreading God's word, just, just letting him work through me and people just seeing him through the way I live and my actions, the things I say. And that's that's kind of how I want to be remembered and just teaching others about the love that Christ has given us. Mm-hmm. Well, I could definitely say that I've seen that in your life for sure. I mean, everybody, literally everybody that talks to you is just like, I don't first of all, I don't think you've ever met a stranger. Second of all, you always have I mean, somebody could be like so mean to you and you would still have something nice to say about them, which mm-hmm. is something place where we differ which I really respect you for and I mean everybody's always just saying how much of a light you are and how much they enjoy you so I'm really proud of you I'm proud of all that you're doing and I'm so glad that you I got to catch you for the podcast thanks for being on yeah thank you
Thanks for having me. If you want to follow Sam on Instagram, you can find him at samschmidt02. And while you're at it, make sure you're following this podcast as well at More Than This Podcast to stay up to date with new episodes. Also, if you wanted to rate and review below, I wouldn't be mad about it. Thanks again for listening in. I'll see y'all in two weeks. Bye.